Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that thinks the easiest job in America is an Amish electrician. He is the captain. Hold on one second. I have to wire this candle. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. Today we are drinking cast iron oatmeal brown by the hardworking hands over at Four Hands Brewing Company, garage grade three and three quarter bottle caps out of five. This is one monster of a brown ale. There's lots of chocolate malt here. It pours dark mahogany and has a wonderful coffee aroma. And cast iron oatmeal brown was brought to us by, first up, we have Amy and Scott in Canton, Georgia. Amy says Scott does the best captain impressions. I like your jib. Next up, we have Hillary in Barrington, Rhode Island. And next up, we have Alisa in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Let's give a shout out to Michelle in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Michelle says she loves that we don't always agree with each other, but she says she often does not agree with either of us. Well, I guess we'll (laughs) agree to disagree. And we have Sophia sending love from the OC. And last but not least, we have Trevor and Zoe from Sydney, Australia. So thanks to everybody for filling up the fridge in this cold, cold first week of January. If you want to buy us around for next week's show, go to truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate button. And a little announcement from Parts Unknown. There will be a party to celebrate the Browns' perfect season. So... Give it up for the Browns. I think Hugh Jackson is jumping in Lake Erie. 0-16, baby. Hey, uh, nothing but up for next year. All right, that's depressing. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a bunch of beers. Let's talk some true crime.
uh, shortly after my brother Edward came missing, I kind of clued in the police chief of Crawford County that there was somebody going around saying that we'll never find Edward, that we need to quit looking. And then we tried to push for the phone records early on, and he was missing in April. So when we pushed for the phone records, it was immediately, and we were kind of told that there was nothing we could do. And then in August, Deacon's place got raided for a tip or something, and they found multiple pot plants, uh, 31 all over the house, outside, everything. Deacon was still never arrested. After that, he kind of fled, and he fled to Colorado, and I emailed him, and I asked him, I said, is my brother with you? And he said in his email, um, some people live fuller as ghosts, along with some other things that he had said. I gave that to detectives, and I gave that to the um, police chief. Uh, September, we finally got Edward's records, and Deacon was the last phone call. In December 2016, I begged the sheriff to look into Deacon, and I told him if Deacon had this stuff growing on his property, why is he still out there? Why is he back? Why is he not arrested? Nothing. And the fact that Edward was Deacon was Edward's last phone call. They told me that because of where the plants were, there was nothing that they could do. Come to find out, the plants were right in the middle of his property within a couple yards from my brother. Um, nothing was ever done. It went on and it went on until the fall of 2017 when the new chief of Crawford asked to bring on a different task force, and that being Franklin County. And when they brought on Franklin County within, I don't know, a couple of days of me talking to one detective in September, I found my brother in less than 20 days. So I was always told from the beginning two things. Can't do nothing on hearsay, or they didn't have enough to bring him in for a questioning. Twenty-eight-year-old Edward Hillhouse was last seen leaving his sister's house in Bourbon, Missouri, back in April of 2016. Now, we had two local agencies investigating this missing persons case, the local police department and the Crawford County Sheriff's Office. Well, after a changing of the guard, after the chief and the sheriff retired, and we brought in some new leaders, maybe some better leaders, one might think, this investigation took a turn, and this was when a vice squad was brought in to launch a new investigation. We have this confidential informant that emerges, and I guess, well, we shouldn't say emerges because this person has really been there all along. This is a person that Edward's sister, Kayla, had told investigators early on to talk to this person, and you heard her just in that trailer there. Now, regarding the confidential informant and the information that this person may have provided to law enforcement, we can gather this according to the probable cause statement filed in the Crawford County Prosecutor's Office. The informant connected to the investigation told authorities that Deacon J. Zelch admitted to killing Edward Hillhouse by shooting him in the head with a 22 caliber rifle back in April of 2016. 
The witness told authorities with the multi-county narcotics and violent crimes unit. Remember, this is the vice squad that was brought in. Yeah. He told them that on the day after Edward Hill house went missing. So this would be April 27th, 2016 that he had went to the house and he had seen the body of Edward Hillhouse on the couch in the home of Deacon Zelch. Well, and the rumor then was that he shot Edward while he was sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And you know, when we first saw this information come out, my original thought was I was trying to figure this thing out and it, and it was this, you know, was, was this the type of situation where, you know, because with the mafia, when they have somebody that they want to kill, you will hear them oftentimes say that, well, the best way to do this is you you take the person out to a nice dinner and then you give them a couple drinks, a couple glasses of wine, and then you get in the car with them. You put them in the passenger seat. You get a couple guys in the back seat and you shoot them when they're least expecting it. Right. And I, I wondered here if this was in fact true, was this that kind of situation where we have... Deacon Zelch, who maybe have leading up to the murder itself, if he was still acting as the friend of Edward Hillhouse, that it, because it didn't seem from this rumor, it didn't seem to be like there was any altercation between the two of them. Right. That you they, start questioning what the motive is. Yeah, that they broke out into some kind of fight. Is this something that Deacon had possibly planned and planned for days and just kind of lured him in as with using their friendship to put down the guard of Edward Hill house. Now this witness, he says that he saw the body of Edward there on April 27th, the following day, this witness returned to Deacon's home. Right. This time there's no body. There's first, no, there's no all, body on the couch. First of all, if you're hanging out somewhere and there's a body on the couch dead, mm-hmm. you don't return the next day. That's another thing that I question here about this information. Do you think that there's a chance that at the time that he saw the body, that maybe this witness, and I kept saying he, he, I don't even know if it's a he. I think that's, (laughs) Uh, I think that's what's implied from what I've heard. Yeah. So do you think that this person may not have known at the time that he was in fact looking at a dead body? Yeah, it's possible. That, That he just came in and maybe maybe didn't even enter the room that the, uh, where the couch was positioned. Yeah. And just saw someone on the couch mm-hmm. or, that, or was he threatened? You know, you know, did Deacon tell him what happened and said, Hey, look, if you, if you tell anybody, I'll, I'll kill you. I mean, there was a lot of rumors in town that Deacon often bragged about killing people and has killed people. Mm-hmm. Also made threats, um, to, ex-wives or or not ex-wives but ex or baby mamas right he had a lot of kids with different people yeah women that he had had relationships with and i believe that he had threatened people close to them as well right let's get into this information about this backhoe on deacon's property yeah so the following day this witness returned after having seen the body on the couch the following day he returns and this time there's no body there's no couch and he sees a backhoe on Zelch's property. Any information on where this couch went? So here's what they have. The witness tells them that at a later point, Deacon Zelch allegedly admitted to this witness 
that Deacon had used the equipment, used the backhoe to bury Edward Hillhouse along with the remains of the couch and other evidence in the crime. I don't know what other evidence uh, refers to. Well, yeah, because you got to think that law enforcement is going to be looking for this gun because we can assume that that's the murder weapon. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be looking for a twenty-two caliber rifle, like the witness had told them about. And we spoke earlier about that probable cause statement. Well, this is, they're going to use this new information. The the new task force that has taken over this investigation, as you heard Kayla say earlier, they're armed with this new information that they have. And very quickly, they're going to get a search warrant to go back and search the property of Deacon Zelch. And this time, they're not just there looking for marijuana plants with some volunteer cadaver dog. Right. They're going to go in there and they're going to search this place from top to bottom. And they have this information about this backhoe. So they're going to have to do some digging as well. Mm-hmm. Well, on Wednesday, September 20th, 2017, they went to the residence of Deacon Zelch, the property that is located on highway J letter J outside of bourbon. This was, um, now here's the thing. When you look at this search warrant, Captain, we see that this is now being called a homicide investigation. Right. Good, so invest- good for law enforcement. Yes. And so now investigators searched the home, and after an extensive search of the property, they dug up and located an unidentified body. They also located a couch. Later, the deceased was positively identified as that of Edward J. Hillhouse, who was 28 years of age when he went missing. A medical examiner ruled that Hillhouse was killed by a single gunshot wound to the head by a small caliber weapon. Yeah. So what do we learn from this? That that the informant is telling the truth. Yeah. Or at least most of it is truth. Yeah. We, we have evidence backing up this witness's statement. Now, during the investigation and upon the discovery of Edward Hillhouse's body, the person of interest in the death of Hillhouse well, this is obviously Deacon Zelch. And who is he? He's 40 years of age from Bourbon, Missouri. Well, police issued a warrant for his arrest, and in their pursuit of Deacon, they announced that he is to be considered armed and very dangerous, and he should not be approached by anybody in the public. Well, and if you talk about Deacon's land for a little bit, like mm-hmm. what they were searching, I mean, this is a bunch of shacks, right? I, the way I kind of visualize this is if you've seen True Detective season one, uh, where they find Nietzsche Man or whatever they call him, mm. um, similar to that, and because he was living off the land, because Deacon was this, you know, he was this mythical in his head, he was a mythical godlike creature, and he was living off the land, and he was, you know, a hippie, but at the same time crazy and threatening people's lives and telling people he's killed people and he will kill people again. Yeah, I saw aerial photos or aerial images of the property itself and it looks to me to be like a ranch, like a your typical rectangle um shaped ranch. Right. Um the news referred to it as a rundown dwelling. It didn't look overly run down to me from the outside, but it, it probably did so on the inside would be my guess. And But your standards are a little lower than <laughs> most people. Well, and then what we learned from the um 
from when they collected the marijuana plants I is mean, that there were two there were two outside structures on this property. There are two what they refer to as two outbuildings. These could be simply just be sheds or mm-hmm. or a detached garage. Or what you like to call a mansion. A mansion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, can we call the show show true crime mansion? I was like, no, it's it's a freaking garage, Nick. Wake up. Yeah. The situation is we're doing the show in the garage. Well, once they started looking for Deacon Zelch, it's just a matter of a few days. On September 24th, 2017, Deacon Zelch was arrested at about 1.15 p.m. Now, he's located in Bloomington, Illinois, arrested on the warrant for the alleged murder. Yeah. It sounds like he was taken in without incident. They didn't list any type of altercation with him. Uh, but Deacon Zelch's connection to Bloomington is not known or at least uh, had not been reported. Well, like we said, his father knows law enforcement. Is it possible that he was tipped off? I mean, when they found marijuana plants all over your property, you fled town. So now that they're digging on your property, it's likely that he was uh, fleeing town. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. When it, when they found the marijuana plants, it sounds like he took off to Colorado. Right. And then he may have caught wind. Somebody may have called him. Maybe even his father called and said, hey, they're digging on your property. Yeah, I mean, maybe he caught wind or he blew wind. I'm not really for sure. He may not have fled, though. I mean, it, the, the arrest report states that he was arrested at a residence in Bloomington, Illinois, it may just be as simple as he went up there and was staying with somebody that right, he to knew. Visit somebody, yeah. Um, and maybe the person wasn't comfortable stating that they know this person who's wanted for murder. So they, the news is convenient and says, uh, you know, he's arrested without incident and the, the connection to Bloomington is unknown. Now he, he was later extradi- extradited to Missouri and Deacon Zelch was charged in Crawford County for the marijuana plants. Finally charged for that. I mean, wow. you're talking about a, that thing was 13 months old. And then charged for the murder of Edward Hillhouse as well. Mm-hmm. And he was also charged with armed criminal action. Of course, that's going to be involved with the murder case there. And he is being held at Crawford County Jail on cash-only bond. That's cold, hard cash. That's what you strap to somebody if you don't ever want them getting out before they can go to trial. Well, I like when law enforcement does this. I mean, you know, a lot of people go, well, what you got to charge him with the marijuana plants for? You know, he's going to be charged with murder. Well, you, you tack on every charge. So even if the... As you're collecting evidence so you can go to trial, you're holding this loser's ass in prison on a different charge. Yeah, you you slap them with everything you can and you see which one sticks. Now, Captain, the obvious question here is why did it take a separate law enforcement agency to break the case open big enough that Edward's body is finally recovered and an arrest is finally made? Now, Kayla, his sister, believes that her brother's case was covered up as an act of public corruption. She says this is not only because of the lack of movement early on in the case, but of course also because Deacon Zelch is the son of Vernon Zelch, Mm -hmm. a Crawford County Sheriff's deputy. Yeah, and this is just not going to be Kayla's theory. This is actually going to be the, the detective that became the chief 
he actually believes that, and in the rumors that he heard mm-hmm. was how uh, Deacon's father was snooping around and looking into ev- evidence. And there was a bunch of rumors in town that his his father was his main thing was trying to find that gun. Well, if Kayla is right, this means that for over uh, you know for about a year and a half, the Crawford County they were keeping this a secret. Yeah. And okay, so let's talk about Vernon Zelch here for a little bit. Now, I before I get any people calling me out and saying, you know, he wasn't a deputy, he was a police officer. Um, right. I want to be clear about this. It's a little confusing as far as his career goes because I have information stating that he had worked for both of these agencies at one time right. or another. So now Vernon Zelch has a website out there. Um, and I believe it might be vernonzelch.com. I don't know. But yeah, I thought it was uh, I have ugly kids with weird beards.com. But according to Vernon's website, he mm. is a police officer that works to pay for his farming hobby. Um, he is now keep in mind, this website was last updated in 2012. Uh-huh. Um, but it states that he served as the assistant chief of the department for about 25 years. So we're talking about if his website is correct, we're not talking about just some low level cop. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about somebody that's, that's higher up in the ranks that in the nicest way. I mean it exactly the way that I said <laughs> it. Um, it seems that his true love is farming, hunting, and his tractor. Um, Vernon Zelch raises beefalo. What? Uh, I didn't misspeak there. He raises beefalo. Okay. I I have a farm. Okay. You know what I raise? What's that? Slim Jims. There you go. Okay. Well, beefalo is like half cattle, half bison. Okay. It sounds delicious. I raise a thing called a... <laughs> Let's move on from this. All right. Well, at times he had been a reoccurring guest host on two different radio shows. And I don't know if this is still current, but as of 2012, Vernon Zelch had penned a monthly column for the Sullivan independent news. So this is a person that is well known around town. Uh, not only has influence because of his career at being in law enforcement, right. but also has influence as a farmer, as somebody that's a radio personality, as someone that's penning a monthly column in the local news. Right. So this this is a guy that has a lot of influence amongst town. But Deacon's not his only son, right? Correct. So we have Deacon Zelch and we have his brother Wyatt Zelch. Yeah. And the two of them could never seem to stay out of trouble. Uh, they were, you know, we have this respected lawman and then we have his troublemaking sons. Yeah. They weren't like the Dukes of Hazard. The, just the good old boys. These were just pieces of shit. Well, the cra- always causing some harm. The, right? cr- the crazy thing here is that shortly after this case broke, after they recovered the body of Edward and made the arrest on Zeke and Zelt, Deacon Zelch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about Say that. that pretty Zeke and Zelch. <laughs> Five times fast. Go. They interviewed Wyatt Zelch, the brother, and he had just been recently released from prison. He did a stint there for drugs and theft. Right. And his interview, and I know you've seen this, Captain. It's it's strange yes. to put it politely. He's basically he's outside and he's smoking a cigarette and he's talking about his family. Right. And the big question 
like we were talking about before, is what the hell is his motive? What the hell is Deacon's motive? I mean, it seems like everybody, even even uh, Edward's sister, says, look, these were friends, you know? Yeah. And yeah, Deacon's this horrible dude, but Edward's at least his friend, so what's his motivation? And so that's what they're asking Deacon's brother. Yeah, and Wyatt basically says, we're all lunatics. Everyone, yeah. every last one of us, the whole goddamn family. Right. We're all lunatics. And he says this, he said it's the the person you don't see is the Dr. and Jekyll and Mr. Hyde persona. And he says that his father has that, his brother, he has that, his sisters, his mother, the whole family. He says whole damn family are not nice people. We were not raised to be nice. We were raised to be mean and hateful people. He also told reporters that he has no doubt that Deacon killed Edward. He also stated when talking about Deacon that he didn't know if there was any good left in Deacon. And he thought that that probably was lost and had lost that a long time ago. He was directly asked if his father, Vernon Zelch, could be involved in a cover-up to cover up this murder investigation. And Wyatt said, while he has no doubt that Deacon killed Edward, he's not certain about any type of cover-up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, 
Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery danger, and romance, and customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And you can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. All right, we're back. Cheers, me mateys. Cheers to you, Captain, from the other side of the garage. (laughs) other side of the mansion the mansion yeah uh new year hopefully new nick <laughs> <laughs> that's my resolution <laughs> that's funny 
All right. So we need to look into, we need to explore, did Vernon Zelch interfere with the investigation in any way? And for this, I think we should introduce somebody by the name of Amanda Zelch. Who is she? She is Deacon Zelch's ex-wife. And she herself, she questions why absolutely nothing turned up in the investigation for approximately 17 months. And as for her thought about her ex-husband, Deacon, she said Deacon sometimes threatened her. She feels he is capable of murder, saying that he once wrote in a letter to her and a friend of hers that if it was not for their daughter, that he would have filled that hole with their bodies. Well, is this the one that at some point uh, Deacon, Dickon, whatever you want to call him, super glued one of his sons and his wife to a door. I don't have any knowledge of that. That That, happened. That was a rumor that I heard that he had super glued the son and his ex-wife to a door. Yeah. And this is, this is a real animal here. Right. But when you say that you're saying it, it's not like, Oh, we were goofing around. No. And you know, super glue somebody to the door. No, You're this saying is this a, is like he was malicious. He was punishing somebody yeah, for, for something. Who knows? Yeah, right. And he super glues these people to a door. Well, well, l- listen to this though, because you had hinted about something earlier and this is where I think that that hint and that information comes from regarding Vernon Zelch, what he did after Deacon was arrested. Amanda said, that she found this strange, of course, and I think anybody would find this strange. She said that Vernon had come to her house and she asked Amanda if Deacon had given her any guns. Yeah. She told Vernon that, that he did, that he had given her a gun. Now Vernon immediately asked her if it was a 22 caliber gun to which she told Vernon it was not, it was a 20 gauge she said that upon him hearing that it was a 20 gauge, that Vernon Zelch seemed to be relieved that it was a 20 gauge and not the 22 caliber that he was asking about. Right. Of course, we know this to be the same caliber with which Edward had been killed. Now, Amanda Zelch said maybe Vernon was looking for the murder weapon. Obviously she can't say for certain though. Right. Uh, but chief Satterfield, this is the new chief. Yeah, I like this guy. Said that Vernon had done, um, he was talking about what Vernon had done in the past also was not sitting well with him, stating that he had received information early on that Vernon Zelch was going around and inquiring about the investigation into his son. Right. This was reported to de- to the detective's superiors. It is unclear what they did uh, with that information, if anything, at the time. Uh, but it seems like the new chief is handling that information appropriately. Well, let me put this, let's pose this question, right? Right. You always want to talk about your situation. Let's pose this poly D question, right? Okay. So whether your son is guilty or innocent, whether you are trying to find out if he's guilty or innocent or whether you're protecting or trying to protect this person, Aren't your actions going to be the same on some level? You know, you have this kid that went missing. 
there's rumors around town that your son is involved and you worked high level law enforcement in this town for years. This person's not going to call around. They're not going to pick up the phone, start asking some of their connections. What's going on? Okay. So that that's, that's the problem here. In my opinion, that's, that's where it makes it very hard to say what were the intentions of Vernon Zelch. Right. Was was his intentions to hide what his son had done or was his intentions to just simply find out what his son had done? Yeah, because some of it is that, okay, first of all, he's on the right side of the law for years, mm-hmm. 25 years, something like that. Right. His Both of his sons are on the opposite side of the law. That doesn't necessarily mean that their father is evil. And yes, you have now this guy that's in prison that gets out of prison, his other son. What's that dick face's name? Wyatt. Wyatt. And Wyatt's going, the whole family's crazy. We're a bunch of lunatics, right? Well, speak for yourself. You're the one that was (laughs) in jail. Your father was in law enforcement. There is no record or evidence that this guy is a corrupt cop. There's no, as far as I can tell, this guy has served and protected his community. And again, maybe there's some rumors that he was a shady cop. I don't know. I I just couldn't find those. So I just want to pose that, you know, as much as cop conspiracies, they're interesting. They're fascinating. Any conspiracy is right. But you know, you got to, play both sides of the coin and 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 again it could have him it could just be him trying to figure out you know or maybe he thought i'm going to go ask these people and what if she said you know what i do have a gun it's 22 and what if he took that gun and he turned it over to law enforcement yeah then we wouldn't be bad mouth and that's all i'm saying I no and wanna... i'm glad you brought that up because okay, okay so there there's only a few um, news articles on this. There's only a few people that covered this case and one of them, and I won't mention who it is, but one of them, when they tell the story, they say that they, they don't say this, but they, they tell it in a way that seems like Vernon Deacon's father was asking about the gun, the 22 caliber gun while before they even found Edward Hill house. Right, right. And when I saw that and that report, I was like, oh, my God, they need to get internal affairs in there, affairs in there right away and investigate this guy because he's up to no good. He's trying to cover up a murder committed by his son. And then when I looked at other accounts of this story, and these are the ones that I believe both of these ones say that after Deacon was arrested is when he went to his ex uh, daughter in law's house. Right. And asked and inquired about the gun, which would make more sense because when you think about that, maybe is it not the perfect thing to do? Right. It's not. He probably should have been escorted by somebody or told officers where to go and what to ask. That would have been a little more kosher in my opinion. Yeah, but However, he, but hear me out. It doesn't matter if it's before or after, because if it's before, yes, it does. Hold on. Let me explain to you why. Okay. If it's before, is it is it possible when he's calling his connections and saying, okay, so we have this guy that we think is murdered. 
Is it, is it possible that he found information through the cops or through his son or through rumors around town or this informant that nobody is taking serious, right? Mm-hmm. There's rumors around town and somebody goes, hey, look, there's this rumor that your, uh, your son killed this boy. He was laying on your boy's couch the next day. There's a backhoe and it's probably a 22. That's why, like I said, what if he found the gun before they found the body and he turned it in? And we don't know that because the gun was never found. I think no, that gun was I, I agree with out what, by Deacon. I agree with what you're saying, and we will never know the answer to that because that's not what happened. Right. The thing here is, had he was he inquiring about this before Edward's body was found? Then there's a potential. There's a potential that More he of a had. Potential, yes, he had information that everyone else didn't have. That he had an insider information about the crime, and he may have received that information from the murderer himself. Right. That's a possibility. Now, hearing that it that it's after the fact, that it was after Deacon was arrested, after the body was found, then I have to go, you know what? He's not working with any information here that the rest of us didn't already know. And at some point, he may have just said, you know what? There's a person, you know, who knows? He could have been driving home from work one day and said, you know what? Something might have clicked in his mind and said, you know what? There's right. somebody we should talk to in this investigation. Now, again, it would have been a little more on the up and up had he got somebody else involved, in my opinion. Right. Um. But like you said, had that gun been found, we don't know what he would have done with it. Now, well, Vernon Zelch has, has denied interfering with this investigation in any way possible. Right. And again, like I said, he has. We, we don't have evidence of him being a flaming pile of dog shit like his sons. Right. We don't have evidence of that. Just because his sons, just because his one nutcase son said, "Hey, we're all crazy," and it's Jackal and Hyde, and my dad has it too. Well, maybe the Jackal and Hyde that he's talking about is when... Jekyll and Hyde. What did I say? Jackal. <laughs> Great band. <laughs> I like that band. Um, the point is, is that maybe this Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yep. Side of his father that he's talking about is every time that his sons get in trouble, he gives them a little tough love. He's he's in their face. He's being aggressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's no, as as what I can see, there's no evidence. What to me points as more fishy is that you search his property. You have this volunteer cadaver dog. You don't find anything, but what you do find is you find guns and you find marijuana plants. Mm-hmm. And whether you're for marijuana or against marijuana, that's not the point. The point is, is that in this part of the country, it's illegal. And this is enough evidence to arrest somebody. And they're not right. arrested. To right. me, that points to a situation. Well, and the other thing I don't like here is that we don't have any, what I believe to be a real response from the local law enforcement. You know, why don't they just say, hey, look, we would have liked to have arrested Deacon Zelch on the marijuana charges back when we found them in August of 2016, but we couldn't because he was in Colorado and we didn't know where he was, you know, something as simple as that rather than just nothing, no information. Um, you know, but this is a very tough case for us because one, we like to have multiple sources, you know what I mean? And in this case, you know, this was a, a listener request basically. Yeah, we, we had actually, a few few listeners that had suggested this this case to us. Yeah, and when somebody titles the case, we're all lunatics, your ears go, what? What is this all about, right? 
when you start diving into it, you go, well, man, there's just not a lot of information here. And that's sad, you know, on multiple levels. But I think the main level is that, you know, Edward seemed like a very nice person. He seemed like somebody that was striving to be a good citizen, good friend, good family member. And his story is cut short by somebody that by all accounts was just not a good dude. You know, and and didn't seem like he was contributing anything to society other than gluing people to doors. Yeah, and as far as Vernon Zelch goes, like I said, he denied interfering in this investigation in any way. Um, when asked about this, ha, you know, did he do anything? What was his opinions on the case? Right. He simply states, you know, I'm I work for law enforcement. There's there's a pending trial that's going to take place here. I cannot give a comment. And I agree with that statement. He did add, though, that when when uh, talking about Edward Hill House and talking about Edward's family, he says that he he prays for them uh, every day. He said that they have lost a son and that he is probably going to lose one, too. And he prays for them both. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I mean, what a tough place for a father to be in, because, look, is it wrong for a father to go, look, I understand that my son isn't doing much for society uh-huh. and and maybe he's a little bit of lost cause, but to then go to the category of murder and you're a murderer, your son's a murderer, he's going to take an innocent person's life. Is it wrong that he was snooping around and asking questions? Because maybe he just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Like he needed to know for his soul. Well, and I'm I'm very curious about the actual relationship between Vernon and his two sons. Right. And I bring this up because, you know, I I snooped around on his website uh and and looked at all the pictures he had there and read everything that he had he had wrote and posted on there. Mm. And he talks a lot about Vernon talks a lot about his parents, about his in-laws, his his wife's parents. He talks about his grandkids and you see pictures of, of these, you know, I I know that Wyatt said they're all lunatics, but the the pictures of these people, they look like nice people to me. And the way that Vernon speaks about these people, it seems like there's a real relationship there between Vernon and the people that he talked about on his website, who was missing from that website was the two sons. Right. It's almost like, I mean, you, (laughs) You read this website and you see these pictures and you wonder where these grandkids came from because there's no mention of of <laughs> sons of sons at all and and maybe there's you know a Christmas miracle w- yeah we mm-hmm. babies on the doorstep but uh, we you know and then we talk about why it makes reference to his sisters there's no mention of the sisters either so maybe maybe that's just something he didn't include on his website or maybe there's no relationship there now. Well, and look, you could be a very good cop and be a bad father. You could, yeah. And that happens all the time, you know. Sp- you know, it, <coughs> you know, it's like teachers. You know, my sister's a teacher, and you know, she always says, you know, the the thing that she feels bad about is she gives so much attention and love to these thirty some kids every day, and then when she gets home, sometimes she's just exhausted, mm-hmm. and so she feels like sometimes she's a little neglectful to her children. You know, so you see this all the time, you know, where maybe he's like, and also cops, especially in these small towns, might be working way too many hours and way too too much overtime, and they're just not there. And then they feel some inner guilt 
or some responsibility that maybe if they spent a little more time, that maybe if they played a little more catch, right? Uh-huh. Maybe if they checked the homework a little more, that their their, their kid isn't going to grow up and glue people to doors Well, the, and, and shoot people. The other thing, though, too, is if, and I don't know if he's a good cop or a bad cop. I really have no proof of this either right. way. But let's say if Vernon if Vernon Zelch is a good cop, well, then he might want to distance himself from his law-breaking sons. Right. You know, this, this could be very embarrassing on several levels. It's heartbreaking as a father, but as a police officer, it's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah. And, you know, okay, so... Here's one thing that I do want to mention, and and I heard this put better years ago than what I'll probably put it now, but I know a a police officer, a very good uh, cop who's had a great career in law enforcement, Mm -hmm. and he has um, a son that has broken the law several times and has been rather embarrassing, let's say, Mm -hmm. to his father. And this man, I've seen him on more than one occasion. You can tell that there's inner turmoil there for him, that he questions himself as a father and as a man for having a son that breaks the law when he is, in fact, somebody working in law enforcement. Right. And somebody else told this man, you know, even the best mechanic in town, his car breaks down on the highway sometimes. Good analogy. I like that. And I that, I think, means something. That should mean something. I know that to this man, it made him feel better about his situation. That could just be the situation that we have here with Vernon Zelch. Now, before we move on from the Zelch family too much, we did talk about Deacon's ex-wife, Amanda. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that I include this before we move on from her. When she spoke to reporters, not only did she say that she believed Deacon is capable of murder and passed along those threats that he had made to her and some of her friends, she also passed this along saying that Deacon had sent her a letter in September of 2016, so one year before they found the body of Edward Hillhouse. And in this letter, Deacon had wrote cryptically of what lies below the fields of my favorite back roads and of people feeding his gardens. So once again, we see these these weird tellings where he's almost telling people that he's killed and buried yeah, somebody. Yeah, he did this with uh, Edward's sister, Kayla, mm-hmm. as well. It's this weird, cryptic. Again, though, I mean, this guy thought he was some godlike character. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, he's it's a real piece of work. Now, when I did get the chance to speak with Kayla... And we were talking about the Vernon's relationship with her, with his sons. Kayla had an opinion on this. And her opinion was that Deacon was the quote unquote favorite son that, that Vernon had protected him, that he was kind of always a bad guy. He was always kind of involved in wrong things. And it is of her belief that, that he, that Vernon has kept Deacon out of trouble. And when I asked her regarding, well, what about Wyatt? You know, he's, He's known to have gone to prison for drugs and for theft. Right. And she said that the relationship was not the same with Vernon and Wyatt. That uh, if, if Wyatt got in trouble, Wyatt had to, to take the punishment with for whatever he did. Now, we said Kayla had done everything in her power to help find her brother, to help the investigation, as she has publicly stated that 
in her opinion, the facts are this is as simple as this. A deputy's son killed her brother and she feels like it was a cover up. She told reporters she wants anyone who may have withheld justice to be held accountable. And she is grateful to the Franklin County, uh, for that squad, for that unit, for getting involved and finally solving, potentially solving this case. Now, some officers, including the former bourbon police chief argued that they did make some attempts to find her brother, that they did make attempts to find Edward, giving the example of the cadaver dogs that were used to search the property. The thing here though, captain is it's very unclear to what may have motivated this murder. To me, it looks like we have a guy that's extremely guilty. Deacon Zilch, we we have a witness putting the body in his residence, and then it's later located on his property. I see no question of guilt here in my mind. The question I have is what the heck is the motive? Yeah, so the the hearsay in this story is this is kind of what happened. Okay. Like I said, this is hearsay. They're going to try to prove some of this in court. Taking us through from when... Um, at the beginning when Edward went missing. Yeah. So Edward was going to meet somebody. It's not clear if it's going to be two individuals or one, but he did meet up with two individuals. They drove around for a while. It's not clear of what they were doing. Obviously friends with Edward. He gets a call. The call makes him upset for whatever reason. They end up going to a convenience store or gas station um, where he is then picked up by Deacon. They go back to Deacon's house. The four of them or just the two of them, or do we know? No, uh, just Deacon and Edwards. Okay. So so Edward is there, and like we said, now what we do know from or what we can assume that happened was that at some point uh, he either fell asleep or he was on the couch. That's where he was shot with the twenty two. But now for motives, the... Again, this is hearsay, but what he has told law enforcement, the rumors are that he has changed his story three times. The first one being that maybe there was an argument or something happened, but he just snapped. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd argue if there's that much pot on the property, right? what other drugs are you doing? Is that that a possibility? Or what other, other drugs are being sold? Right, and we have also... Look, there's tons of evidence and everybody and especially in middle America, small towns, you know, I was from Richmond, 40,000 people. And you're talking about probably weekly heroin deaths. Yeah. So is that something that was happening there? And he said he just snapped. Did he snap out of anger or did he snap because he was on some kind of drug? The second reason he gave was that Edward Hillhouse Worked for the mafia. Again. This seems far-fetched. Zero right. evidence that we know of. Makes no sense. Uh, was he was Deacon trying to come up with some kind of excuse? Who knows? And then the third was that for whatever reason, Edward was going to hurt Deacon's brother. Wyatt, who was going to be getting out of prison for those drug charges soon. Right. And this again, this doesn't go... With the a lot a lot of witnesses and a lot of people that knew Edward, going, this is not what kind of person he was. You know, he was a friendly person. He'd help anybody out. So again, but uh, like I said, I don't know what drugs 
Deacon was on or wasn't on. But if he was on a bunch of drugs, he might have been making up a bunch of stories in his head. And it seemed like even if he wasn't on drugs with everybody, he built up stories in his head. Well, and here's what I can see. This is what I see, Captain. When I see, when I talk about Edward Hillhouse, I see a guy, a young man that looks to me like he was trying to move on with his life. He was trying to move forward. It looked like he was, you know, he was moving in with a friend or, or taking up a new residence elsewhere. Yeah. I wonder if he was in part moving away from certain people and that wouldn't be his sister. That wouldn't be his future brother-in-law or their children. This would have been people like Deacon Zilch. He would have been moving away from these bad personalities, somebody in, in bettering his life in the process from not being friends with people like that anymore. Now, as far as motive goes, why would Deacon Zilch kill Edward Hillhouse? Right. I'll tell you the same thing I told Kayla when I spoke with her. He may have killed, unfortunately, it killed her brother for reasons we may not understand. Right. You know, it was it was Kayla's words, and it was the words of people in town that said Deacon Zelch was known for saying crazy things and doing crazy things. I don't think he's crazy in the sense that the law would consider him to be crazy. Mm-hmm. I see what I would say is garage crazy that he's a, you know, he's somebody that doesn't make sense. He does things that are irrational, but the thing that makes him so dangerous, he's a violent individual. Yeah. He's a, he's an evil SOB. Yeah. And he, and he doesn't obviously care about anybody but himself. And, you know, I know Kayla, she didn't want to hear me say that so much because I know her concerns. Her concerns are that, that, Deacon is terrified of going to prison and because he is rumored to around town to be this crazy guy that maybe right. he's going to claim some kind of insanity insanity defense. And the thing here is though, the problem with that is he's only crazy if he didn't know what he did was wrong and proof that he knew what he did was wrong. Was he tried to cover it up afterwards? Well, not only did he try to, you know, well, he did cover it up. Yeah. I mean, he, he buried Edward and then he, you buried the couch too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think trying to prove that he's insane in court, is going to be impossible. And if anybody buys that, well, they're just as, you know, they're just as evil and shitty as he is. Well, and what's crazy about this captain is this will actually be, um, they're going to have, this is going to trial and it's going to trial very soon. It's going to trial this Wednesday. Well, it's today. Yeah. 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 It's going, well. And is that weird? We just randomly decided to cover this case and he's going to trial today. Well, and <laughs> yeah, he's going to trial later today. And the thing is, I here's what I think is going to happen in this case. I think that eventually Deacon is probably going to plead guilty to this. I mean, yeah. the, the, the evidence has got to be overwhelming, uh, in his guilt. I don't know if it will happen today. You know, he'll probably push for a continuance to try to maybe form some kind of case, build some kind of case. Yeah. I don't think there's any defense out there for this guy. He's probably going to try to plea, plead guilty to this thing to get a shorter sentence is what I think is going to take place. Right. But the thing here is, is that it's because of Kayla, it's because of the new detectives, because of the new sheriff, because of the new police chief and Kayla's family, the Hillhouse family. That's why this case got solved. 
Yeah. And if it had not been for the efforts of Hill of Edwards family, I wonder if this would have ever been, would have ever been solved. And, and then think about how dangerous a person like Deacon Zelch is to be out running around. You know, it's, it doesn't seem so bad when we mention bourbon, Missouri, a place that most of us have never heard of, but think about a person as dangerous as Deacon Zelch living in your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, like I told her, I mean, I talked to her first and then you end up talking to her and what I told her, I said, the key thing that I'd like to reiterate if you didn't get it is that you have a a sibling that went missing and how many missing person cases have we covered? And because of his sister not stopping that she was able to get answers Mm -hmm. and we're talking about years later and and one one of the cops told her after a time passed, well, you know, cold cases normally don't get solved. And right. it was because of her effort. And you know what? If you have a missing person in your family and you have been trying and you've been knocking on doors and you've been gathering evidence, this is proof that just you need to keep going because you might be able to solve this case. All right, Colonel, do we have any recommended reading? Uh, yes, we do. On August 15, 2006, someone or someones broke into the home of Candace Hiltz. She was murdered. She was shot six times with three different guns. So, of course, the possibility of maybe even three people having committed this horrible, horrible crime. Now, we covered this case back in September of last year. We covered it on September 12th and 13th of last year. Right. Well, Candace Hilt's birthday would have been last year just before Christmas. And around that time, I was able to speak with Candace's sister-in-law. This is Heather Hiltz. She was able to answer some of the questions that we posed during our coverage of this now cold case. Some of you may remember there is a retired Lieutenant Robert Dodd of the local sheriff's department that was not only involved in the murder investigation, but has also been suspected by some as maybe having been involved in Candace's murder. Something you and I certainly took a look at, and I know you and I have some suspicions of our own when it comes to this case. Mm-hmm. Now, having spoke to, to Heather, it is very obvious and rightfully so that the Hilts family have, they've not received any justice and they are still very heartbroken and quite angered by the lack of effort that is the investigation into their daughter and sister's murder. I promised the Hilts family that the captain and everyone in the garage would do their best to keep Candace's case and memory alive on our minds and on our hearts. So if you have not yet, well then please check out our two episodes on Candace Hilt's case, a case I believe could still be solved. And that is episodes 140 and 141 released September 12th and 13th of last year. If you have listened to them already, go to our blog. I have added some updates and some information that we received from Heather Hiltz. And you can do that by going to truecrimegarage.com. The blog comes up on the main page there. Uh, Candace Hiltz case and the blog with comments is on the bottom of the second page. Just click on there to see my post. And of course, we want to wish 
the Hiltz family good luck in 2018 with the case and may you get the justice that you deserve. For everything true crime, go to truecrimegarage.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for sharing on social media. Thanks for spreading the word about the garage. Onward and upward to the top of the pops this year in 2018. All right. And until next time, everybody be good, be kind, and don't litter. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.